You're listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, One of Us Network listeners, this is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast, invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies. And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Probably a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, bad movies, so bad they're good movies. And we cover movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. So far. And it was a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. Matt, this is a promo for our podcast, the Nighthawks podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch In Order of Disappearance? Wasn't that the point of covering In Order of Disappearance on the podcast, to get people to watch it? Fair enough. Watch In Order of Disappearance, and then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode on it. Or you could listen to an episode on any of the over 120 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Call the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> that one is harder to coordinate. But yes, uh, but hey. we're here to talk... We're here to talk not just about Ghostbusters itself this time around. We're going to talk about the story of the creation of Ghostbusters. So we're talking about people talking about Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a traduncan of behind-the-scenes-ness. So uh, this movie is called uh, Cleaning Up the Town. It is part one of a two-part documentary. Uh, this one covers Ghostbusters, and next time they're going to release one called Too Hot to Handle, which will cover Ghostbusters 2, <laughs> which, thank God, I love that name of that title. Uh, yeah, because what good. I love about the name of these titles is they use they don't use the song title of Ghostbusters as Ghostbusters 2. They use the the other well-known songs from them, and I appreciate yeah, the, that. The R&B mm-hmm. songs. Hmm. Exactly. So this is made by Anthony and Claire Bueno. I'm, not, I'm sure that's not how you, spell, how you exactly say it, because they're from London. Uh, they're a brother-sister duo who, in 2007, were originally making a documentary about an American werewolf in London and they were talking to John Landis and they're like hey John Landis um, we kind of want to do Ghostbusters one could you get us in touch with Dan Aykroyd and he was like sure and then from there in 2008 they started getting everything set up started getting a bunch of interviews lined up and they started their interviews with Ernie Hudson back in 2008 and they ended in 2016 uh, around November I think Uh, from there they had to kickstart because they ran out of money and then they were able to get some funding and then they were finally able to produce all this stuff and now it's being released by uh, Chicken Soup uh, for the Souls Entertainment thing, uh, Screenbound Entertainment. It was which probably is... the biggest surprise of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. strange. Yes. They partnered with uh, Screen Media, I think, or they're part of Screen Media now. But uh, Screen Media is like a really, really like eclectic indie distributor. And so like, I, it's one of those kind of like um, Saban or Neon. Like I kind of get, well, not like Neon, but I kind of get like really excited whenever I see a screen me. It's like, oh, okay, this isn't, don't automatically think it's a throwaway title because they really just go for 
stuff that's not always obvious. Let's introduce ourselves real quick before we get too far ahead. I am Dr. Spider Mike. I have a PhD in psychology and, and parapsychology. Uh, I have here Rose, whose uncle thinks they're St. Jerome. It's true. <laughs> I have Frank here, who was blown by a ghost. Yeah, I really was. No, I'm just kidding. But I am wearing my Razor Cult Books t shirt because nice. I shop there. And now we have Trevor, and back off, man. He's a scientist. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. So, yes, we are here to talk about this two-hour-long documentary, uh, which is one of the most fascinating Ghostbuster documentaries I've ever seen. Not just because it's uh, It's the only one you've ever seen? (laughs) No, I've seen a a couple, to be honest. There's a few out there. um, But a lot of times they're, like, behind-the-scenes footage from, like, either Mm -hmm. DVDs or stuff like that. Yeah. As well as as the one in um, how uh, the movies movies that made us, there's one on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, where I, some I of some of this one. information is mentioned in there, but there's a lot of information that's even in that that's not in here, and vice versa. But what's amazing about this one is that they talked to every single person, Everyone. pretty much. They even talked to like they even talked to the guy who's in the crowd with red hair at the ending of Ghostbusters One. Yeah, for like no reason. Like they really dug into the. Like every scene, every sequence, they're like, okay, who can we get? How is this, you know, scene shot? And who's still around that helped make this like moment happen? And I, I that was impressive. That was so impressive the, the way they did that. The prominent I, extra that wasn't Ron yeah. Jeremy. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> that would have been amazing if they got Ron Jeremy. We got Super Mario himself, Ron Jeremy. No, um, yeah. <laughs> so they they got they got because they got like they got all they got the three Ghostbusters who tend to talk to everyone. Uh, they couldn't get Bill, of course, because Bill doesn't talk to anyone unless you're in a bar in the middle of the night and nobody believes you. Mm. And then, whereas they also got, they got people like the mayor, the guy who plays Lenny. A lot of, a few of these people have passed on, too, is the thing. Like, yeah. Harold Ramis is in this. Like I said, the, the mayor who played Lenny, I know he passed not too long ago. John Capelos. And yeah, some yeah, I, of the people I, I behind. I thought he did pass out. Yeah, uh, pa- pass out. Pass yeah. away, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, yeah a, a lot of them did. And that's he what really makes passed out. <laughs> yes, they, they never they never woke yeah. up. Yeah, Bill Murray wouldn't return their calls, but they're managing to get all these other people who have been uh, dead for years. That's incredible. Yeah, it actually really is. And the thing that makes me like sad and also just very love it is the fact that it made me just forget these guys were even gone. Yeah, and it was just oh yeah, it was so yeah. sweet. I don't know if it's to the movie's detriment or not, but they don't mention it. It is no, it is a little it's bit kind of left hanging. And I asked this question off mic. Uh, to Dr. Spider Mike, uh, you know, when was this made? Because it looks like all the interviews are specifically for this production. And Mike, you were able to look up a little production history, right? Yeah, there's, so the entirety of the production history is on the Ghostbusters Wikipedia page. Uh, it's for Clean Up the Town, Remembering Ghostbusters documentary, if you guys want to look up the entire essentially story it even mentions you know when they tried getting bill like it mentions when how they it even mentions them getting lost on their way to go talk to some of these people like it's kind of amazing like my favorite line is here is they got lost in north carolina looking for carhartt's home because the cab driver was new and he spent eight hours on the road like they they were there's so much going on in this and it's it's fascinating like they they went through a journey to get all of this set up 
and that in and of itself would also make a great documentary to be honest but yeah. i i love this thing and it's it's what i love about it is that like it even talks about the origins of cleaning up the town like that's not something any of the things i've ever talked about they even took a, they talked to the singer of that like we've heard yeah. plenty of times of ray parker saying like so this is how i came yeah. up with ghostbusters <laughs> in 20 minutes when i was hung over shit the night and before he does it here thing. too doesn't he i mean yeah but yeah. i kind of like that i i I kind of liked that it didn't, uh, I, I personally didn't mind that I acknowledged who was gone and, you know, because you know, first of all, I don't want to see a list of, you know, dead people's names after having such a good time. But I love that this was about, purely about the film and we don't spend that much time on box office numbers or things like, I, I love hearing the guy who played the Safe Puff Marshmallow Man talk. Like, I love seeing yeah. how they created Slimer and how like all the food dropped down to the dude that was puppeteering him. <laughs> that's like, that's... Every story is like a little gem of of information for the fans, and um, yeah, it's such a treat. This documentary. Yeah, like I, I am a, a huge fan of, of Ghostbusters as it is, and there were so many behind the scenes production stories that I already knew that I was even when they popped up in here, I was happy to see like kind of verified, I guess. Uh, so things like the the maids reaction like what the hell are you guys doing that was yeah. real. they acknowledge that all, all things like that but then yeah little little details that i had never heard before at all and so it was it was like just discovering all this stuff for the first time and totally put a new perspective on something that I already loved so much. And this this is great and how comprehensive it is. It is one of the most comprehensive things I've ever seen about a movie, probably ever. Because yeah. it, it brings up so much and like they even bring up, get them to talk about things that might seem uncomfortable for some people to talk about. Specifically Winston's role in Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. The fact that Winston's role originally was supposed to be Eddie Murphy's role. And then eventually they were like, well, we let's they, they felt weird about having him get so many good lines quote unquote apparently and so they wrote him down and like you can you can feel ernie hudson's frustration still talking about to this day yeah where he's just like he like he was like he's so close to just being like man fucking hell but Mm -hmm. like it's but it's so nice to like it's another one that i've heard in the past which is that uh, that um harold ramis is the only reason he basically had not lost his shit on set (laughs) Because Harold Ramis constantly was like, it's not a personal thing. This is just how studio stuff works. This is just going to happen no matter what it is you're doing. Because it's probably happened to Harold at one point. It's probably happened to Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. It's probably happened to Dan Aykroyd at some point. And he was just trying to get Ernie to be like, I I get it. I 100% get it. This is nothing personal. It has nothing to do with literally any of the things you're thinking about. It's just Hollywood. And and also also the fact that they had to make this this movie in like a year. It's also one of those, like, the most thankless roles, isn't it? When, like, I hate... Wait, how do they describe it in this documentary? Like, the, the, the audience mouthpiece? Are he supposed to be the one that's discovering it? Like, Yeah, they describe him as the audience proxy. Yeah. And I always hate when... I hate when a character is, like, reduced... Or, I don't know if the reduced is the right word, but I hate when they're, like, given that sort of role because we get to know less about them as an individual. The issue I have with that when it comes to Winston, and this, this has nothing to do with the documentary per se, is the fact that uh, Winston doesn't react to enough things to be the audience proxy. The audience proxy. And that's yeah. kind of my issue with it. And so, he comes yeah. in and, way too late. And the, the infrastructure is there for him to be the audience surrogate because, yeah, he is the outsider everyman. But he comes in so late, he doesn't get very much screen time. And so, yeah, he just kind of totally fails on that particular account. Yeah, the, 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 the late factors 
the late factor is really it's really glaring. If he'd come in like easily twenty minutes earlier, it would have made it would have made something of a difference. I feel. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I, that even bugged me in childhood that it seemed like Winston kind of got the short end of the stick. He didn't show up in the promotional materials. He wasn't in the cast eight by ten. Like it always seemed like the three guys, and then Winston was kind of their fifth Beetle. Yeah, he, I have the poster on my wall right here. Like it's literally right in front of me, and it's just it's the three the three scientists, and Winston's not even in the trailer. Like if you find the original trailer like it literally never brings up winston like the entire fucking yeah they, they had even in the credit TV. sequence like everybody has this great like shot of them they're like dan Aykroyd, bill murray and ernie hudson's putting away a proton pack it's like oh by the yeah. way Hudson's here. well he's yeah, also they, wasn't they well, he, well, he, to be to be fair on that front he was not as big a star as they were i mean sigourney weaver he was not before, that's sigourney weaver's before i think one of the ghostbusters um in the credits, I can't she remember. She done she, a few things. Yeah, I forgot who she's who she's ahead of. I think she's she's ahead of Harold Ramis. That's who she's ahead of. What I love about this movie is they're learning even more about the auditions of some of these people. Yeah. Like Daryl Hannah. Surprised they even got through. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just so much going on in this. It's just like they the my favorite interviews were the ones I didn't know anything about. Specifically, the college students. Right. Yeah. During the shock yeah. Se- sequence. Yeah. They got to talk to those. That guy grew his hair out like fucking crazy. No kidding. <laughs> but Mike, wasn't that the moment for? I don't know if it was for you, but for anybody else. But for me, that was the moment. I was like, okay, this is what we're. This is how deep we're going to go into this. Okay, mm-hmm. then this this is oh, worth one hundred percent. I can't. Yeah, I can't I wait. That like same this reaction. Is, yeah. Like oh, I'm excited. I'm. I was excited before. I'm even more excited now. And yeah, I appreciated this movie immensely. The issue, one of the issues I have with it is, uh, is not. It's not. It's an issue that you know, happens to a lot of documentaries. Is you're not allowed to use a lot of. You're not really allowed to use music of of anything. I was reading up. On the back, on the behind the scenes here, uh, Ray Parker declined uh, to use Ghostbusters because he apparently wants to do a documentary himself. Apparently, oh, and he's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to use it in mine. So fuck you guys, kind of thing. And oh, so, God forbid, it shows up in two documentaries. Yeah, yeah. it's know, a shame right? they didn't use um, cleaning up the town because it's in the it's in the. That's the name of the title, but But they don't—they don't get it. There's also a a lot of the orchestration uh, is actually some of the Ghostbusters two music, um, except for Minus Warrior two when they're talking to Elmer Bernstein's. I think it's his son. Is it a son or who is that? I think it was his son, Peter Bristol. They're they're talking about his his very wonderful. Um, orchestra, orchestra, because the part one's music is super iconic. It's got use, it gets used in the game, the entirety of the thing, mm-hmm. and they talk about how he got the unique the unique sound of it. There's a great credit song that is a song that is a poem that Sigourney Weaver apparently wrote after filming the first Ghostbusters, and so that's what that's the song they're singing at the end. Um, oh, that's cool. it's literally just them singing the poem that she made. Yeah, yeah. and they got her permission, of course, and they. Um, and so it's very, very sweet. But, She's um, so cool. Yeah, like, yeah, what does I, I, that say when Sigourney Weaver releases her song to you and Ray Parker Jr. does it? shows right? that she has yeah. integrity and also probably was not hungover when she made that. I think also maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe Ray Parker was sort of like uh, gun shy after Fall Out Boy and what they did to his song with the 2016 movie. Man, Fall Out Boy. That, that song is so bad. I brought it up to somebody who was a fan of Fall Out Boy, and they're like, they did that? I'm like, yeah, they did. It's like, don't you pretend that that didn't exist. I barely can pretend that thing didn't yeah, exist. Yeah, I know. Uh, apparently the name of the song is Slimer's Poem. Yeah, it was originally written, written and blessed at the end of the production of the very first movie. I'm reading just the behind-the-scenes thing here. They got everybody. Like, the, every behind-the-scenes person that you're willing, that's possibly you can get is in this thing. They the even show off scenes. some props and some stuff. Bu- some stuff I didn't even think I would want to know about. 
Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, like I, I, the the pressure that they were under. I, I love that. I can't remember what, what her role was, but when um, that lady that was doing the post production in L.A. and um, talking about that they were that she passed that billboard that said they were opening in three weeks. Yeah, they weren't even close to being like done with the effects work, and it's, it's ah. Yeah, they were like, like we didn't even do Mr. Stay Puffed yet, and that was three weeks they had left. Yeah. What's what was your favorite thing they found out about? Because that's that's the thing we all know a lot about Ghostbusters. What was the, the your favorite thing that you had never heard about until this thing came out? Uh, the Stay Puffed suit catching on fire on the inside and the stunt guy not even really <laughs> noticing or caring. And <laughs> everyone else was freaking out and trying to put it out. And he was just like, wait, really? It was on fire? That's oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know if I, if I forgot about it or maybe it just felt new to me, but um, Annie Potts telling the story about her first scene with Bill Murray. Was I thought oh, yeah. was that was real? It tickled me because that's such a Bill Murray thing to do. And Annie Potts is a really like serious. She takes her stuff seriously, and so I can just I start telling that story. I can just picture the two of them on set and the way it worked. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. beautiful. I, I had not heard that one not that long ago, and when I found out, I was like, oh, that makes that makes perfect sense." Yeah, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, what did you have? Well, Frank actually stole mine, but oh, I'm uh, so it, sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's in lieu of this because for as in-depth as this went, that was the one story that I didn't hear in here that I was expecting to hear a little more about was how notoriously difficult Bill Murray was during this production. I've heard apocryphal tales and I was waiting for at least something to come up of that and it really isn't addressed except for Annie Potts and God bless her for it. It's such a, just a great moment and you can just see that little twinkle in in any pot's eye when she's like yeah and i told him off god damn it <laughs> yeah that, that was great there, there's a, a handful of pretty good but tacit subtle bill murray is a total asshole stories peppered throughout this of course most of them are framed somewhat flattering they don't outright say that but if you know about him and the way he is it's like man that guy really was a dick yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're they're framed lovingly as as some of them will do. They're yeah. like, "Well, Bill, Bill did this thing, but you know, Bill, he's always he's a, such a charmer." It's like, no, that was that's kind of a dick thing to say, <laughs> like to do. Uh, but they 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 still treat him like as as you know one of their brothers because they all went through yeah. this insane thing. It does have that sort of family feel to it, doesn't it? When they're talking about the relationships with each other, and uh, I, I really like that. You know, I love the I mean, like hearing Annie Potts tell the story. It, it's funny because it, she doesn't say it really with a lot of like bitterness or anger or anything like that it was just like mm -hmm. an anecdote no. that, she, that she remembers about it and i like that she That's, doesn't that, pull that, the punch either though no no no, no she doesn't no. pull the she, punch she, she, She's honest. She's, she's a good Southern gal. She's a, she's an honest. She also yeah. she also still gives him shit to this day. Oh, no, yeah, she does. But I like that. I mean, like there's. Um, I was talking to Rose working, before we he, did this. He doesn't mind working with her. Obviously, I mean they you know done interviews and stuff like the mm -hmm. reunion interview for entertainment weekly and stuff like that but uh yeah i was no. i was talking to rose about this earlier because that thank, thank you for bringing up the entertainment weekly thing because i think it was part of that is they're like how come there wasn't another ghostbusters yeah made? she calls him out and, and yeah rose was <laughs> yeah, calls him the fuck out <laughs> it's like why that's that's true bill why wasn't there another ghostbusters movie made and well, bill's clearly uncomfortable because she asked like yeah bill when is there gonna be another ghostbuster he's like well when the money's right annie whatever <laughs> Yeah, he, Bill's Bill's a weird dude, and there's plenty <laughs> there's plenty of stories about him behind the scenes of many things where a either he's a giant douche or he's or he's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I would love to run into him in the bar. I would hate to work with him. I think. Yeah, because yeah. I've heard the two the two polar opposites I've ever heard is um, the one from the most famous of them would be the Charlie's Angel one, 
where he <laughs> caused Lucy Liu to cry. That's, that's uh, still th- unfolding. Like, Drew Barrymore was talking about that this week. Yeah, oh, they're God. still talking. Like, there's more about that coming out as it's progressed, as it's gone on. But I was going to mention that the polar opposite of it that I've heard of him being a very nice person is the fact that he had to keep Gene Hackman at bay when they were making the Royal Tenenbaums. Because Gene Hackman <laughs> was a giant fucking prick on that set, and Bo wow. Murray always stepped up and basically slapped the shit out of him and be like, fucking quit it. I don't know. I think I think My it'd man. be more interesting to I think it'd be I think I'd rather like watch I work with Bill Murray than um hang out in a bar with him because I don't think I'd find him that interesting to socialize with. I would know I'd find him interesting to watch him work regardless of like what he There's so much does there's so much I would like to ask him about but no one's ever going to get any of that information out of him cuz he no. refuses to talk to fucking anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you're going to have to like corner him and like tie his ass down to get him to answer anything kind of thing and that's whereas Dan Aykroyd you can just you can walk up to him and be like, "Hey, you want to talk about aliens for twenty minutes?" And he'll just do it. That's the pole. That's the polar opposites of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's, it's literally Ray Stance and literally Peter Venkman. One does could give less of a fuck about what's going on, and the other one won't stop talking about it. <laughs> Perfect. And that's really what that's really the thing about the cast that accidentally works is that very much of them they they get their role so well, and the movie does a good job of explaining why they got their role so well. Because if it, like, I'm just going to explain this real quick. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Ghostbusters started off as a futuristic buddy comedy uh, with John Belushi, Eddie Murphy, and Dan Aykroyd, where they're basically janitors. They're basically the working men, as they say in this this documentary. But And then it got turned into what it is today. And if you want to know more about it, I would definitely say check out this documentary. Uh, let's move in the final thoughts, because I feel like we've talked about as much as we can about this documentary without just talking about what's in the documentary because <laughs> so, from then you're just better off watching the documentary frank why don't you start us yeah all i can do is just echo what i've said before and that um i love how expansive this is this is i mean for my money the the ultimate ghostbusters documentary i don't think there's one that could do any better job at all it's hard for a documentary like this because you know what you're going to get into it's hard to make, it's hard to make a talking head retrospective documentary interesting unless you have great stories from your subjects and you have one after the other it's, it's always entertaining i can safely say we're all super fans of the ghostbusters and we all came away with mm-hmm. stuff that we you know didn't know before or fresh perspective in a way i like that they got everybody um i'm sad that they didn't get rick moranis because i have a crush on rick moranis i, lo- I have a crush on lewis mm-hmm. tully and i got a cr- and i got a crush on walter peck too i mean it's I like, understandable i like the niles crying type guy but yeah this is great. This was just what you need for, in terms of like the uh, a warm up to the new Ghostbusters next month. I'm excited for fans to see this because this is going to be just candy for um, all of them. So I'm going to give this ten out of ten um, audition tapes of actresses that I wouldn't mind seeing in the role of Dana Barrett, but I'm glad it's Sigourney because there's only one Dana Barrett and it's her. Great. Trevor, go ahead. I think my estimation for this film, my final score has come up over the course of this discussion. And mainly, Dr. Spider Mike, it's because you mentioned that this is the first part of a two-part thing. Ghostbusters 2 was missed. The Ghostbusters cartoon was missed here. I wanted to see deep dives into those as well. I'm assuming that's what we're going to be getting in the sequel. I'm glad to hear about that. Yes, yeah. good news that is very it is confirmed they will talk about the real Ghostbusters as well as Ghost in, in the second one. It's like how can you do a deep granular dive into Ghostbusters culture? How can you mention the filmation cartoon in this version and the dispute over the name and not mention the bookend to that conversation? With that in mind, I am actually okay, this is this is actually more complete than I than I would have given it. 
credit for on first blush having not read up on it having not seen the trailer this i hit this entirely cold otherwise i think this is the deep granular gristy talking head documentary about a beloved franchise that we've seen uh, many times before only this time it's ghostbusters if ghostbusters is your thing then this is your his name was jason this is your (laughs) can't remember the name of the freddy krueger one never sleep again Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. That was a good one. Here is this deep, granular dive into the thing you like, and you're going to hear some voices from the past that are no longer with us. That was kind of charming and endearing and a little haunting. And uh, ultimately, I really enjoyed myself. So I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 Sigourney Weavers jumping around acting like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, We'll go on with your final... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, this... This is a labor of love, very obviously made by fans, for fans. This is one of the most comprehensive things I think I've ever seen on any topic ever, not not just for movies. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I learned a lot of new things uh, that I didn't know previously. It was really great hearing some of these voices again and seeing some of these people. And yeah, just, just forgetting just for a minute that they're not with us anymore. Uh, I was a little surprised by the length and that it only talked about the one movie and not really the film's impact or anything. This this is strictly a making of the movie itself. I assume that they will go into the impact in in the second one. Um, So don't expect any of that going in. It it is strictly the inside baseball stuff about how the movie got made. But that alone is is fascinating because this movie, as has been proven many times by attempts you know later on that this is something that you really just can't remake this you cannot (laughs) recapture the magic and the the perfect combination of timing and talent that made the first one and this just hammers that point home even further uh i would have to give it nine out of ten phone calls bill murray wouldn't pick up so yes i love this documentary i've I, I can talk about ghostbusters forever this movie can talk about it forever for me and i love that about it um i can't wait for the second one because like trevor said no one has ever gotten to deep dive for ghostbusters 2 and i've wanted that for fucking ever like i talk about behind the scenes of ghostbusters 2 frank can tell you that yeah. i do it constantly all you have to do is mention ghostbusters 2 and we'll fucking talk about that movie for days we need to gang so, up on chris because chris is chris flat out thinks it's a terrible film and yes, yeah, it's unfairly does. pooped on by people who are just a few years older than us. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. But there's there's a thing that I uh, that Zach Martin of the Ghostbusters ATX once said is that the way that you can find out uh, a Ghostbusters one fan from a Ghostbusters two fan is uh, the Ghostbusters two fan loves putting caution tape on fucking everything. Why is that true? That is so true. <laughs> it's so incredibly oh, true. And we'll so I see that. I have to give this documentary 10 out of 10 really long, faraway shots of Bill Murray. Because <laughs> that's my favorite thing about this documentary. I think I mentioned it earlier, but there's a scene at the, in the, during the credits. Cause that's, that's, watch the entire credits because there's a lot of stuff they'll mention in that. There's a randomly scene of them filming what's probably Claire from a distance talking to Bill Murray, trying to convince him to be in this thing. It's the only shot of Bill in the entire documentary, and it cracks me up every time I think about it. But I digress. Uh, you guys can find more of us, us lovely stuff on oneofus.net. Uh, you can also find a lot of the real Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters episodes on YouTube right now because they've been posting them constantly. So if you want more Ghostbusters, do that. Ghostbusters Afterlife comes it's out next out month. Until uh, next time, 
Call the Ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs.